Right now, we're going to continue our Bible study in the book of Colossians. And so I want us to please open our Bibles to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. I want to read verses 23 through 25. We're going to be completing chapter 23 here tonight. So let's pray and ask our Lord to bless this part of the service and bless the reading of his word here tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, once again, I want to thank you for everyone that's here this evening, for the sacrifice and the time that they have taken to come to the house of the Lord. And we know, Lord, that it is not in vain. We pray right now, God, that you would bless the rest of your service, this service here tonight, as we share from the word of God here tonight. Bless it and anoint it. And again, I ask you to help me to communicate your word effectively to my brothers and sisters here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 25, the Bible says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Last week we focused on how important it is that we apply verse 23 to everything we do and to everyone that we come in contact with. We we need to remind ourselves daily that everything we do, we do it as to Christ. Driving over here, how we dress, how we act, how we talk, we're doing it as unto the Lord. And as a matter of fact, everyone we meet, everyone we interact with, we need to interact with them and meet with them and treat them as we would Christ himself. And it's also important that as we live our lives for the glory of God, that we continually examine the motives of our hearts. What is it that we're doing it for? What, what is our motive? God is instructing us to have a sincere heart and a sincere love and desire to please him. It's not about pleasing each other. It's about pleasing God. Can you say amen, church? So we need to examine our hearts. And this, this challenge applies to everyone and to everything, whether it is a good situation or whether it is a bad situation. Our attitude has to be the same towards Christ and towards one another. And it's, it, and it's, uh, and it's whether it applies whether it's a joyful circumstance or a hurtful and painful circumstance. And we read as, we read as a reference in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 24, it says this, slaves, In reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also those who are harsh. Okay? And uh, although today slavery is against the law, we do have bosses that we work for, supervisors, employers that we work for. Sadly, sometimes these supervisors are very harsh. They're very mean. They're very, very uh, unfair. Thank God, you know, today we have... Uh, all kinds of things to protect employees. We have unions. We have Cal OSHA. We have minimum wage laws. We have workman's comp laws. We have all kinds of, uh, of things to protect the employee from abuse. But even with all these in place, we still have situations where some of us have to deal with very, very negative people, very harsh people when we, when we go to work. And God says, it's especially important that we be a good example of Christ-likeness when we're dealing not only with people that are nice to us, but especially when people we have to deal with people that are harsh. Verse 19, for it is commendable 
If someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. In other words, we're bearing up under it because we love God, because we're doing it as unto the Lord and we're basically for the Lord. Verse 20, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled in their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. How many of you would agree that today we have to trust God? We have to place our lives in the hands of God. You have to take care of me. I can't control this virus. I can't control my employers. I can't control this life. I can't control the person that's driving on the other side of the street. We have to totally depend and put our trust in Jesus, church. All of us do. Verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. We also looked at Colossians chapter 3. Verse 24, which speaks to us about an inheritance that we will receive as a benefit for being found to be faithful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, church, no matter what you're going through or what is happening or what the situation is of your life, we cannot use anything as an excuse not to be faithful to Jesus. You can complain to me about this. You can tell me about this drama. You can say this happened and that happened. And all I'm going to say to you is I'm sorry, but that is not a legitimate excuse for you not to stay faithful to Jesus. we got to stay faithful. Why? We want to hear those words when we meet him face to face. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then he uses the word servant. We don't like that word, but that's what we are in Christ. We are all his servants. Can you say amen? Okay. So we have to be faithful. Colossians 3.24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord. Don't worry, church. This life one day will come to an end and we're going to meet Jesus and we're going to receive our inheritance. And this inheritance that awaits us, tell it's talked about in first Peter chapter one, Verses 3 and 4, again, this is just quickly reviewing. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. How many of you thank God for his mercy? It's because of his mercy that you and I are in church here tonight. Okay? He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. First Peter 1 Peter 1.4 tells us that our inheritance can never perish. It can never be destroyed. It is incorruptible. It will never spoil. It will remain pure without spot or wrinkle. It will be blameless. It will be perfect without contamination, without compromise. It will never rot or stink or decompose. It will never fade. It will not be affected by time or the environment or the weather or circumstances. It will be continuous. It is reserved in heaven for us. It cannot be taken away. It cannot be stolen. No one will be able to, do, to seduce 
produce it away or trick us into giving it away or threaten us into surrendering it away. Jesus Christ himself is our inheritance. We will see him face to face. No more having to put up with Pastor Jerry. No more having to put up with television evangelists. No more having to put up with people that are trying their best to lead you to Jesus. No, we're going to see Jesus face to face, church, one day. And we will be like him. Jesus Christ is our inheritance. Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6, it says this. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. We have something good to look forward to, church. And as we conclude chapter 3, it concludes by mentioning two things. A reward for serving Christ faithfully and payback for wrongs that are done. First of all, how many of you love rewards? Anybody here love rewards? Okay. Those of you that use your credit cards and then at the end you get certain rewards or whatever. Those are a blessing. Praise praise God for that. So let me read the last two verses of chapter 3 of Colossians. It says this in Colossians 3, 24 and 25. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Now, first of all, salvation and rewards are two separate realities when it comes to the issues of the kingdom of God. Our salvation, our access to heaven is based only on our acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Again, I don't know when you came to Christ. Whenever that was, you received a supernatural touch of the Lord that touched your mind and helped you to realize, number one, that you were in trouble, helped you to realize that you were in sin, helped you to realize that you were under condemnation, helped you to realize that you were on your way to hell, helped you to realize that you were in trouble, and praise God for that day that you realized that you were in in trouble, and you cried out to Jesus. You cried out for help. You didn't really know what was going on or what was happening, but by faith you called on Jesus to save you, and he saved you. How many of you are glad for that day? Can you say amen? When you came to Christ, However that was, whatever the circumstances were, you came to Christ and we were forgiven of our sins. We were saved from hellfire and condemnation. And that is a day of rejoicing in our hearts and in our lives. We came to the cross of Calvary when we trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we repented of our sins and we cried out to God to save us in the name of Jesus Christ. His blood and his body paid for our sins, passed present and future. I know that that's hard to believe, but his blood and his body paid for our sins, past, present, and future. We became children of God. Our names were written in the Lamb's book of life. We became kings and priests and God's holy people, God's special people. We were made righteous because of Christ. All of that because of salvation. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 3 says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How many of you belong to Jesus? Raise up your hand nice and long, nice and high. That means the enemy cannot condemn you. The enemy cannot tear you up or put you down. No, 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 no. You belong to Jesus. You are no longer un- under condemnation. He has, God has taken you out of that. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did 
by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Now, because we are saved and children of God, we at any time can come boldly to the throne of grace in our time of need because of Christ. We have access to a holy God, our Father, 24-7. Salvation is free. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. We can't strive. No, no, no. It's a free gift that was given to us when we called on Jesus. And now we have access to God 24-7. However, when we become Christians, how we serve Christ here on earth and how we live our lives here on earth will determine what rewards we receive when we get to heaven. Not only is our service going to be evaluated, but the attitude that we had while we serve, that will be evaluated. The motive that we had while we were serving, that will be evaluated. The thoughts and intents of the heart while we serve, that will be evaluated. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 through 9 says this. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants, only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Verse 7, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. They will each be rewarded according to their own labor. That means that the usher is going to be rewarded because he's faithful to being his, the usher. Richard, who is running our online services right now, the live stream, he's going to be rewarded for being faithful to what he's doing. I'm going to be rewarded for being up here in front of all of you, being terrified and doing the best that I can to preach the gospel. The usher is not better than me. I'm not better than the usher. Richard is not better than the sound. Nobody's better than... We're all just serving Jesus. We're all just doing our thing for God as best as we can. Because that's a job that gave, that God gave us to do. And as long as we do that job faithfully and to the best of our ability, that's all God cares about. And that's what will be rewarded. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Just because I'm up here in the front doesn't, doesn't mean that I'm going to be rewarded more than the usher is in the back. No, 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 no. We're all the same. That's what the apostle Paul, that's what the Holy Spirit is saying here. God gets all the glory. Can you say amen? So it says here in verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 and 15, it says this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Church, I hate to say this, but we're all servants of God. We're all slaves of God. We belong to the Lord. He has purchased us. We are his property. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags. And to another, one bag. Each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And again, and then it goes on to say what they did with their, uh, with their gifts or the things that God gave them. Okay, But the key is this. God gave to each one according to his ability 
ability. God knows what you can handle. And he's only going to give you what you can handle. And he says, dude, all I want you to do is do your best with the little bit that I give you. Just because you're an usher doesn't mean that you're insignificant. No, no, no. I want you to be the best usher possible. I want you to be the best sound person possible. I want you to be the best preacher possible. I want you to be the best drummer possible. I want you to be the best guitarist possible. You sing and you do it with all of your heart. Even if it's just a two-talent gift. It doesn't matter. Don't compare yourself to the person with a five-talent gift. Don't worry about that. Let the five-talent person do what they're going to do, and let the two-person, two-talent person do what they're going to do, and let the one-person talent person do what they're going to do. Don't be comparing yourself to anybody else. You just take care of your own business for Jesus. Because once you and I start comparing ourselves to others, that's when we're going to get ourselves into some trouble. You just be faithful to what God has called you to do according to your own ability. You may be a real quiet person and you may be in the background doing stuff, but it doesn't matter. You do it to the best of your ability and you're going to get rewarded just as much as the loudest person in the, in the church because you're being faithful to God. You guys getting it? Can you say amen? Okay. So verse 13 tells us, I'm sorry, let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 3 now. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 11 through 15. It says this, for no one can lay any foundation other than one, the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Verse 13 tells us that when we get to heaven, all of our works will be evaluated by going through a holy fire. The fire will determine the motive and intent of our hearts when we did our works for God. All of us are going to go through this process. In verse 15, it tells us that those who serve Christ with a desire to or, or motive to bring glory to themselves or to bring attention to themselves or to receive the praise of men will have their works burned up. They will not receive any rewards. They will still be saved because our salvation is not based on works, but their rewards will be totally burned up because the motive of their work, the desire of their work was for self-glorification, to make themselves look good, to draw attention to themselves, instead of drawing attention to Jesus. It is to for self-gain. In other words, what can I get out of this deal? Sad, it's very, very sad, but many times, even godly Christian people do things for a motive that is selfish rather than godly. And it's very sad to say, but it happens a lot. There are preachers out there, preachers out there, that they want to go up there and they want to act, they want to use all their charisma and they want to use all their, uh, all their status to try to impress the people instead of just being themselves and doing it for the glory of God. So it could affect any of us. Can you say amen? We have to be careful about the motive of our heart when we do anything for God. Some of us will be fortunate and happy just to get into heaven. We may not get anything when we're in there, but if we're in heaven, that's better than being in hell. Can you say amen? Verse 14 tells us that those who serve Christ with a motive to please God 
and to bring glory to God will receive a reward. God will reward us uh, being willing to stay faithful when facing persecution. Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12 says this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So if you're going through a hard time simply because you are a Christian, if you have lost your job because you are a Christian, if you didn't get the promotion because the people know that you're a Christian, if you didn't get that favor from that company because they know that you're a Christian, you know what? Maybe you didn't get that job. Maybe you didn't get that promotion. Maybe you didn't get that raise. Maybe you didn't get that recognition or that award. But guess what? God is going to reward you for it. Because you were willing to stand up for God and for what was right. God will reward us if we respond correctly to our enemies. All of us have haters. I don't care how cute you are. I don't care how popular you are. Everyone has haters. And you got to get used to it. And with Jesus on your side, you can't bear it. But it says here in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48, it says this. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. If you have haters, God is watching to see how you respond to those haters in your life. Those that want to tear you up. Those that want to criticize you. Those that want to demote you. Those that want to, that want to burn you or backstab you. How do you react to those kinds of people in your life? It's very, very critical that we go to God and say, God help me to pray for this one. I know they're trying to tear me up. I know they're trying to get me fired, but I'm going to pray for them anyway, God. Proverbs 25. Verses 21 and 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In, do- in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. The Lord will reward you. How many of you want to re- be rewarded by God? Listen. Being rewarded by God is being is way better than being rewarded by your employer or by your neighborhood or by your district. No, no, no. If you're rewarded by God, that's something worthwhile. Can you say amen, church? We will be rewarded for being kind and generous to the poor. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, it says this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, 
For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Again, we're talking about God rewarding us. And what we need to do, or what the Bible says, we need to do for Him to reward us. Proverbs 19.17 says this, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will reward them for what they have done. God will reward us when we fast. I don't know about you. I don't like to fast. It is very uncomfortable for me to fast. But when we do fast, God says, I'm going to reward you for that. When you fast, let me go ahead and give you the scripture here really quick. This is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. It says this. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. But only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. God will reward us for how we treat those in ministry. Matthew chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, Truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. It's so awesome when, uh, when I start coughing or I lose my breath and then one of the ushers rushes over here to get me a bottle of water. God's going to bless you for that bottle of water. Praise God for that. He sees everything. Can you say amen, church? Everything. We will be rewarded for being faithful to God's word. Listen to what it says in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Listen, as you live, there's going to be people that make fun of the Bible, that mock the Bible, that criticize the Bible, that put the Bible down. But when you live your life in honor of the word of God, God says, I'm going to reward you for that because you're sticking to what the Bible teaches and how to live your life. Jesus Christ will bring his reward with him when he comes to take us all out of here. How many of you looking for that, looking forward to that time? Amen. When he finally says, come home now, come home, it says here in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10, New Living Translation. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. Isaiah 62, 11. The Lord has sent this message to every land. Tell the people of Israel, look, your Savior is coming. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. As we bring this to a close, in Colossians three twenty five, it says this. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. And there is no favoritism. Now, first of all, 
before we come down too hard on those who are doing wrong in the world. As we watch television and we see some of these people that are rebellion and they're, uh, they're very, um, they're out of control in their rebellion. I think we all agree that peaceful protesting is fine. It's good. It's healthy. There's nothing wrong with it. But man, when you start tearing things up and destroying things and hurting people and abusing people, then that's a little crazy. How many of you would agree with that? Can you say amen? Okay. But when we see the rebellion of the world or those that are doing wrong or those that are in sin, we have to remember we were once like that church. We were once part of that. We were once lost and on our way to hell. We have to have mercy on those that are lost out there. Because the Bible does say that if they don't turn from their wicked ways, if they don't repent, if they don't get a hold of the Lord somehow, the consequences for their wrongdoing are very severe. They may think that they're getting away with it right now, but there's serious consequences for wrongdoing. Did you hear what I just said, church? Those of you listening, if you're out there and you're listening and you're involved with anything that is wrongdoing, anything that is evil, anything that is against the law, I'm giving you a heads up right now. Yes, we're going to pray for you. We don't want you to go to hell. We don't want you to suffer the consequences. We want you to repent. But if you die and you don't repent of that wrongdoing, there are serious consequences for that. It says in verse 25, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs and there is no favoritism. God is not going to overlook the actions and motives of those who are evil and who do wrong. He's not just going to wink at it or shove it under the carpet or act like it's no big deal. No, no, no. Everyone is going to have to give an account for every action of their life. The only thing that's going to save us is the blood of Jesus. John 5, 28 and 29, it says this. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. God, Jesus said, he was warning us, do not die in your sin. We need to repent before we breathe our last breath, because, man, there are serious consequences for sin. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Revelation 22.11 and 12 says this, Let no one who does wrong let, let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what he has done. I will give to each person according to what he has done. Whether it's good or whether it's evil. We're going to conclude with one final scripture. Let's go to Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 8 and 9, it says this. As a warning to all of us, it says this. I'm going to, I'm going to start reading at verse 6. I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, it says this. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction 
and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. Listen, to all of you who are listening to me right now, if you're involved with doing anything that is wrong, if the motive of your heart is wrong, if things are not going right in your life and, 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 and you're not following the Lord the way you should, listen, right now is a time to get yourself right. Those of us who are even in church, even though we say we're Christians, even though we say that we're following Jesus, if we're doing something with a bad motive or with a wrong motive, if we're involved with anything that is not of God and the Holy Spirit is convicting us, not condemning us, but convicting us and letting us know that we have to get ourselves right, that Let's do it right now. Because we don't want to take any chances because the Bible is very clear. God is just. And those who do wrong will receive payment for what they're doing wrong. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that nothing escapes your eye, Lord. Nothing escapes your eye. Lord Jesus, we come before you right now, first of all, as your people, those of us who are Christians. Lord God, I pray that you will help us to examine the motive of our heart of what we do and why we're doing it. And I pray, Lord God, that if our motive is, is poisoned by selfishness or by greed or, or by, uh, by our flesh, Lord God, we pray that you will convict us and that we would repent of that and we would get ourselves right. And I want to pray for those, Lord God, that are listening right now or that may even be here in church right now that are involved with any activity, any kind of behavior that is ungodly, that is unchristlike. Lord, help us to know that you are not mocked and that we're not going to get away with it, Lord. We have to allow you to examine our hearts. And if there's any wicked way in us, help us to repent, oh God. Help us to repent and let go of that sin and turn to you, Lord. If you're listening to me and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die today or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here tonight, just lift, just say this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. And I realize that I need you to save me. And forgive me of all my sins. And so tonight, I willingly open the door to my heart. And I ask you, Jesus, to come in. Take over my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to believe by faith that those of you that are listening right now and you are repenting and you're crying out to the Lord and asking him to come into your life that now you are a Christian and if you need a Bible if you need someone to talk to please don't hesitate to call us we will get you a Bible we'll contact you and we'll make every effort that we can to make sure that you understand what's going on in your life right now God bless all of you thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord here tonight you're all dismissed amen thank you Jesus